Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming up on Studios America, Jason Buttrell previews the triumphant return of Glenn Beck. Mediate's John Ziegler takes the politics out of COVID. I mean, it's only taken us a couple freaking years here. And CNN's Chris Cuomo continues to bless us, the dumb little people, with his magical East Coast medical knowledge from on high. So get ready to pour some bleach in your bathwater as we do Cuomo-based science. Stu does America. Happy National Mac and Cheese Day. You know, mac and cheese is good. Mm, it's delicious. And that's one of the things that we know for sure in this world. A couple of the other things we know. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. These are, these are things that we just know are true, inherently true. True to our core. It's hard to take the preaching from Chris Cuomo, especially though these days, He's been telling us how honest he is while hiding, you know, from covering his own brother and all of his scandals. He's been telling us to believe all women while trying to, you know, help his brother escape accusations from countless ladies themselves. And perhaps most egregiously, he's been telling us to listen to the science about COVID when there might not be a more anti-science person in America on television than Chris Cuomo. It's easy to find stuff from other hosts that might sound bad in a soundbite, but Chris Cuomo lives anti-science. Yet here he is last night telling you that these evil red states just won't listen to the capital S science. The story of this pandemic on the right side is deep denial. Mm. And we are gonna remember for generations how we made ourselves sick. Nobody else did what we've done in America. No. We had a cure faster than just about anybody. Not a cure, but a vaccine. Mm. And we made ourselves sick. We lied to ourselves about the pandemic. Our leaders called it a hoax. It's Trump, but it was more than Trump. Uh, it's a, I, I just, I cannot, I cannot believe this person is telling us that uh, the right has been the one avoiding the science. Let me give you another taste of Chris Cuomo last night. And now we have the big case in point, Tennessee. Mm. Monday, their top vaccine official says she was fired after she sent a memo to vaccine providers about a state law that already existed. I think it's existed since 1987. It's Mm. called a mature minor um, policy, which is where it allows doctors to determine if teenagers, even if they're not right of the age of majority, that they can still be treated as long as the doctor believes that they're mature enough to understand their healthcare decisions. So they don't need the parents' consent. It comes amid a larger effort to halt vaccine outreach for all diseases. Think about that. Why? I mean, it's almost as if they don't want people to get vaccinated. But you see what Chris Cuomo wants you to think here, of course, is that he's a man of science. It's these red staters that don't embrace mainstream science. And he just can't believe that would be so. 
probably from right-wing media sources that are fighting the scientific consensus, right? Of course. Well, let me uh, introduce you to uh, Purist magazine, a magazine with the oh-so-helpful mantra, make the things you let, uh, let into your body, mind, and spirit matter. Let Purist be your guide. Now, let me introduce you to the editor-in-chief of Purist Magazine and newly discovered proud entry in Jeffrey Epstein's address book, Christina Cuomo. Now, Purist is a magazine that you really must, must read, I think, if you find Gwyneth Paltrow's goop to be too credible. And while you can certainly forgive a little diversion into the world of millionaire pseudoscience, I might remind you that during the worst part of COVID, the Cuomo family was actually giving recommendations for treatment of COVID-19. These treatments, the word Mrs. Cuomo uses in between her occasional efforts at legal disclaimer, involves a, quote, broth of cayenne pepper, ginger, and garlic, or the lemon and ginger tea, or vitamin C. She later admits that there is no actual treatment at the time, of course, for COVID-19 and later added a name of a doctor that she says helped her and her husband, Chris Cuomo, quote, on a path of natural remedies to strengthen his, Chris's, immune system. The doctor advising and treating the guy telling us the importance of being on the same page with science is Dr. Linda Lancaster. Here she is talking about how close she is to the mainstream of medical science. I'm not a medical doctor. Mm. I don't use drugs. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so when faced with COVID-19, Mr. Science himself, Chris Cuomo, turned to someone who is not a medical doctor and he's berating Tennessee, really, Chris? Instead, Chris Cuomo and his wife went to Dr. Lancaster, the founder of something called the Light Harmonics Institute. Dr. Lancaster is a legitimately sweet-seeming woman who is a naturopathic doctor, a type of doctor so legitimate they are recognized by almost half of the states in the union. Oddly enough, New York is not one of them, which is kind of weird. Anyway, here's Dr. Lancaster describing how we recover from illness. Hint, it is not medication. The body has an innate ability to heal itself. Mm. We were born with this vital force no. that knows how to heal us. Mm. What interferes or what causes illness? Hmm. You have to admit, it's a great question. What causes illness? Now, I would answer bacteria, maybe a virus, but I'm not a doctor like this doctor. I'm not a science man like Chris Cuomo, the science man. So let's see what she says. For me, it's been evaluating the electromagnetic energy of the cells oh. to see whether they're in a coherent flow. Oh, a flow of the cells. That's that's I that was my next guess. The flow of the cells, you know, um, maybe some Republican policies and advice are occasionally off the mark. That's certainly possible. But I have never heard a Republican argue that we should cure diseases by electromagnetic energy or the flow of cells. Let's hear more about this mainstream science. Each cell in our body has a positive and a negative flow. Mm. And the, the balance of the positive and negative okay. is the integrity of each cell. This flow of energy mm -hmm. is 
etheric energy Eth because theory. ether is e in all of space. Hmm. So. So, ether is in all of space. Is ether mainstream science? Is it Chris? Remember, this isn't some dumb thing his wife was doing and recommending in her insane magazine, although she was doing that. This is the actual doctor who actually treated Chris Cuomo for COVID-19. This is real. I am not making this up, I promise you. She talked exactly about how she treated her COVID patients like the Cuomo family. Watch. Food is number one for me. I use a, uh, for my COVID patients, I use a soup, a soup called Passata de Vedora, which is green soup. Oh. Uh, the person lecturing you <laughs> about science said, had a doctor who told you she treated COVID-19 with soup. Oh, uh, that's real. Why do we bother with all these vaccines when all we needed was soup? Now, there were some bumps in the road for the super science and soup based Chris Cuomo, like when Chris's fever had a spike and his wife wrote fever of 99 with an afternoon spike to 101.5 an evening spike aggravated by the full moon. That is a real full moon there. I mean, planets and moons are science based, though. Anyway, soon enough, uh, everything would calm down is probably because of the covid treatment that Chris Cuomo actually took, quote, derived from passion flower, olive leaf, and andrography, which I guess is the Indian echinacea. And one thing is for sure, always import your echinacea. She goes on to recommend bleach baths, as you may have heard, but only with a quarter to a half cup of bleach in a full bathtub of 80 gallons, which is a really big bathtub. Normal one is about 30 gallons, so make sure to get your ratios right, boys and girls. Look, I don't have anything against Christina Cuomo, other than she has really bad decisions in relationships. But she's running a site that is pushing a lot of BS cures and pseudoscientific nonsense. And that's, of course, in my illustrious opinion. But even that, I'm not really all that bothered with. What I'm bothered by is Chris. Here's a guy who is trampling best scientific practices in his personal life and then going on television and criticizing others for the same thing. He's not responsible for his wife's nutty magazine, but he is actually being treated with this crap and nonsense. Again, Chris Cuomo was treated for coronavirus with soup. I repeat, Chris Cuomo was treated for coronavirus with soup. Not to mention the use of something called body chargers, because it's true, whatever a body charger is was apparently one of the family's regimen, at least part of it, to rid them of COVID. No word if they were able to implement this solution to flu-like viruses and other illnesses proposed by their doctor last year. Look, we always have ups and downs. This goes with the flow of being on planet Earth. Okay. There's flus, there's chemicals in the air. Walking on the streets of Manhattan, you're going to be filled with petrochemicals. Of course, obviously. So, so. we understand it's more important to be aware of these. Okay. Things so we can start to balance it. I could be in the middle of New York City, but I'll find a park mm -hmm. that I can grab a tree, hold on to the tree to ground myself. Okay. And I do that at least whenever I can. Nature heals.
She's literally telling us to hug a tree to cure ourselves. And by the way, there's pictures on her Instagram feed of her hugging trees all over the world. And Chris Cuomo has the balls to criticize us about science. Are you serious? It's a bit disturbing, not to me, of course, but more to Chris Cuomo's astro body. We have an astro body. Our astral body is our emotional body. It is how we relate to the world. It is our connection to the stars. Mm. We have an astral body that interpenetrates with the etheric force field of the life force of our body. Oh my God. <sighs> it's not the natural healing that's the problem here. It's not even the soup that's the problem. Though I have seen pictures of it and it looks revolting. The problem is the hypocrisy. Chris Cuomo continues to go on CNN and tell people that it's Republicans that are anti-science when he's got a doctor who's talking about astro bodies. When he's not only utilizing, but generating revenue for his family from pseudoscience, fraudulent medicine, and let's not forget, disgusting soup. Why would you eat that crappy, weird green soup when you can have a Built Bar? Did you know that Built Bars are delicious? Did you know that they have nine flavors? Uh, plus, they also have some limited time flavors. I know they had Grasshopper Cookie recently. They had for a while some, I don't know if they still have it, but it was like a, a Charleston Chew flavor thing. It's amazing. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, all there for you. You can get them in a mix box. So you get two of each of all the nine flavors. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. Uh, they have uh, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. They taste like a candy bar. So you don't have to worry about all, you don't have to worry about that. It's healthy and it tastes like a candy bar. How can you beat that? Built.com is the place to go to find it. Built.com. Use the promo code Stu15. Save 15% off your first order. Promo code is Stu15 for 15% off at Built.com. Happy to welcome back to the program John Ziegler, senior columnist for Mediaite. His newest article is a must-read, as they usually are. If the experts didn't want the reaction to COVID to be political, they shouldn't have played politics with it. It's a novel concept, uh, to be sure. I'll be tweeting that out, uh, a link to the article. Make sure you check it out. John, how's it going? Always good to talk to you, Stu. Uh, good to talk to you as well. I mean, this is, this is an interesting piece, and, and I, I feel like you paint a picture of a situation that is beyond repair. Is, is that right? Uh, this is going to come as a shock for those that know me as a pessimist, but I'm going to agree with you that <laughs> this is probably a situation that's beyond repair because it took a very long time for this to happen. Uh, there are a lot of different aspects to this. And, you know, um, my the late, great Andrew Breitbart, uh, with whom I was uh, once very close here in Los Angeles, uh, used to talk about how conservatives had ceded too much of the culture wars. And during COVID, I think one of the areas where we really realized that we have fallen way behind and basically seeded everything was in this area uh, of so-called health experts. And these health experts do, I think, to give them actually some credit that they're not just frankly evil, there's no one in the room who's not a liberal. Mm -hmm. So they think that what they're doing is moderate or independent or apolitical, when in reality it's overtly political and anyone who's not a liberal can see it Overtly, and obviously the results, and this is, I think, where Republicans and especially Trump voters see this very clearly, the results of all this are a liberal dream. I mean, not only did they get rid of Trump, but they, they effectively took back the Senate. 
they've turned the America into a socialist country. They've achieved racial equity instead of uh, equal opportunity, uh, and and that's just getting started. And so this is this is a, a fantasy world for liberals, and it's all because. COVID has effectively been used by a weapon by these so-called nonpartisan health experts who are really as partisan as they get. And Dr. Fauci is really at the top of that list. Yeah, we went on about uh, a little bit of Chris Cuomo earlier today uh, because he came out and, and was criticizing all of these evil right staters who won't go along with all the uh, with all the top down sort of regulations and requirements. And it's like it, there's a version of this world, I feel like, where in, in theory, they could have come out and said, look, this is what we believe the best things to do are. Try to do them if you can, if, if you think they're the right things, but assess your own risk and, and go through a really difficult situation. We'll go through it together. We'll try to keep you up to date with the, with the best information. And there's a trust you can build with communicating with somebody like that. Instead, it's this constant criticism. It's beating people over the head. Uh, and, you know, it's, it makes people, I think, uh, recoil from anything that they say. I think that we've seen that in the, in the vaccination issue. I, I happen to be vaccinated, but uh, I certainly understand why a healthy younger person would not get vaccinated. That should be a private personal decision in a supposedly free country as America, I guess, presumably still is, although I, I now question that almost every day, especially with my, my nine-year-old child getting ready to go back to school where she's going to have to be masked all day for absolutely no reason. But I think that people who are vaccine hesitant are not necessarily knobs. A rational decision. And if you are vaccinated, why do you care very much if someone else is not vaccinated? It appears as if the vaccines work. It appears as if you're protected. So I'm not sure I understand the logic of that. But let's take this a little bit more out of the, the theoretical into the practical. I think one of the most political decisions that happened in general, and, and by Fauci in particular, was with regard to masks. Now, you might say, well, why is masks a political decision? Let's not forget that for the first two or three months of this pandemic, we had no mask mandates. Masks weren't even recommended. Dr. Fauci was actually against masks, said so rather dramatically, mocking them on 60 Minutes. And then all of a sudden, that flipped, and it flipped 180 degrees. And why did that flip, Stu? It flipped not because there was new science. It flipped because among the left, Masks became a virtue signal of opposition to Donald Trump because Donald Trump was seen as anti-mask. It was they so badly wanted him to fail on COVID. They wanted this to be his Katrina, uh, you know, to put it in, in Bush terms. And so because all of a sudden within a segment of the population, a huge segment of the population, masks no longer were abhorrent. They were actually popular. Fauci flips. He didn't flip because of science. He flipped because of politics. And like I said, my nine-year-old daughter is going to pay for it this year, along with millions of other kids, I'm sure, in blue states. And it's beyond outrageous. It's child abuse. Mm, yeah, it really is ridiculous. Um, you go through, you have a list of a bunch of these uh, situations that have kind of broken the trust from the government and Fauci throughout this uh, entire escapade uh, until today. One you hit, and I, I think has not received enough attention, is this idea of herd immunity and what what percentage of inoculation do we need to get to to reach herd immunity? I mean, this one in particular, Fauci has admitted he was lying and telling people the wrong information because he thought it would be too discouraging or something if, he, if everyone knew the real number. How could anybody trust somebody who's saying something like that? 
Stu, as usual, you, you put your finger right on it. That's the smoking gun. This is a situation where even some, not very many, but even some liberal commentators have said, what? Mm. Really? That's ridiculous. But he has admitted to it. Let's be clear. What he admitted to. The, 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 the issue of herd immunity threshold is at the core. It's at the core of getting America back to some semblance of normalcy. And Fauci admitted he changed the numbers based on effectively political polling data because mm. he didn't think that the actual numbers would be accepted by the American people in a way that would make him popular, I guess. And, and by the way, speaking of popularity, I, I don't think we should forget Fauci himself and his obsession with his own celebrity. If you want me to believe you're, you don't care about uh, you know, your own popularity, if you really are about the truth, if this is really all about science, if you really want this to end as quickly as possible, you don't do some of the things that Fauci has done in the realm of celebrity, whether it's throwing out the first pitch terribly at a, at a major league <laughs> baseball game or having or having his own doll or uh, uh, posing for the cover of a, of a magazine in sunglasses uh, by the pool. I mean, these are all things that a man who I, I was one of the first to call it. Uh, it was obvious in the first days of this thing. This guy loves being on camera. This is a guy who is a, a darn near a megalomaniac. He's an egomaniac, uh, and and this is not the kind of guy you want in, with that much power in these situations, especially since he has an inverse incentive for this to ever end. Does anyone really believe, Stu, that Dr. Fauci wants this to end or that any of these so-called health directors in these blue states want this to end? This is the greatest thing that has ever happened to them personally, their personal power, their celebrity, their their profile. Uh, this is, I mean, and I'm not even saying this is conscious necessarily, but these are human beings. And a lot of this is subconscious. And if this goes away, their lives go, and go back to the way they were before, which was not nearly as good for them personally. Yeah, you know, I, I, maybe that's part of the reason uh, that explains something that's been bothering me over the the past few weeks, which is at times it seems like they really don't want this to go away. I mean, when you talk about like, for example, the vaccination thing, and you mentioned this in this article, you say, frankly, given all this, it's kind of amazing that about half of Republicans have gotten at least one vaccine shot. And it's true in that, like, it, they seem to be designing their communication strategy specifically in a way to make sure the fewest amount of Republicans possible get vaccinated. I mean, you want to get Republicans vaccinated and you, you bring Anthony Fauci out constantly on television yelling at them. Jen Psaki saying she's going to come door to door with, I don't know, with needles or something. Joe Biden is saying they're going to bust out all these people to come bu bu bug you at your house when you're having a, a backyard barbecue. This is the last thing in the world you'd want. You'd think... If you wanted Republicans to get vaccinated, maybe you'd start giving Donald Trump a little credit for the vaccine and highlight his comments where he keeps saying, look, this is my legacy. They're trying to steal my legacy. They won't comment on that because they they seemingly rather have the talking point than to get people to, to get vaccinated. Boy, Stu, uh, you already alluded to it once in this interview, but I'm glad you, you uh, went into it again, because this is a really significant point, And it shows how out of touch liberals are, again, because there are no conservatives in the room. Mm. There's no one to say, guys, 
Hold on a second. You're trying to appeal to people who truly believed you used this issue to destroy a presidency, get rid of Donald Trump, take uh, over the United States Senate, instill socialism, and now you're forcing people to, to take an experimental vaccine. It's not been officially approved. And, and you're doing so with unprecedented pressure measures and even coercion, even at times forcing people based upon their job to take it. Those people are, are going to have an immediate visceral recoiling action to that. They're, they already don't trust you. Now to do the things that you're doing, they're going to trust you even less. And frankly, now that we're seeing some, let's be clear, small percentage-wise spikes with regard to the Delta variant, now they're going to be people who are going to be uh, willing and able to claim that, wait a minute, maybe the vaccines aren't even working. Because it's very difficult to tell who who's getting uh, testing positive, who's been vaccinated, who hasn't been vaccinated, who's been partially vaccinated. And so there's all, the, 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 when you lose the trust, when you, you lose your credibility and you squander it away for basically political uh, means and for political goals, I'm sorry, there's a price to pay for that. And the price they're paying right now is Republicans understandably don't believe anything they say. And the people that aren't vaccinated at this point, I don't know how in the world you convince them that, that they should be. Because the harder you try, the more they're going to think, wait a minute, something's not right here. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm going to trust my instincts and I'm not going to get vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, I mean, like I, I have a friend who I, you know, I don't like I'm pretty pro vaccine. I'm pretty excited about them and I'm, I'm happy with what they've done so far. Um, but I don't push it on anybody. You know, like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince people if you don't want to get it, you don't want to get it. But a friend of mine asked me about it and we kind of went back and forth on it. And he seemed to be like he said to me, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to get it. I mean, I, I'm probably just being ridiculous. I'm watching too many YouTube videos the next day. Anthony Fauci's on TV saying, just get it, get over it and screaming at people. And he's a he's a conservative. And he says, you know what? Now I don't want to get it again. And it's like, well, what are we trying? What is going on here? If we if you actually want people to get the vaccine and you want this to all be over, then just be honest with them. Don't force them. Let the product stay, speak for itself. If it, if it, also, if it can't speak for itself, people are going to want to get it anyway. And just to amplify that point, go one step further. Give people some incentive or reward for not. I'm not talking about a lottery in California. Right. Where you, where I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you're vaccinated. Guess what? No more restrictions in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, no masks anywhere. Uh, you know, no, no. It's over for you. Uh, but that's not the case, especially in a lot of blue states, especially here in California. And 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 I guess the most confusing thing to me about the Fauci messaging on vaccines is, if you think about it logically, and I realize logic went out the window, you know, about <laughs> 16 months ago. Yeah. But if you think about it logically, a lot of what he says is only remotely relevant. If the vaccines don't work. Mm -hmm. And so, so frankly, I think Dr. Fauci has been the greatest thing that's ever happened for the anti-vaccine movement, at least with regard uh, to COVID. And, and again, I, I'll finish with what I started with. They don't understand this. One, because they're out of touch and they're incredibly arrogant. Let's be clear. They're incredibly arrogant. 
But there's no conservative in the room. There's no you or me or anyone else like that with or without a medical degree with our sensibilities to, to explain to them this is the real world and this is why what you're doing is going to be counterproductive. And that's one of the biggest problems. Mm. Yeah, check this out. John Ziegler, newest article for Mediaite. If the experts didn't want the reaction of, uh, to COVID to be political, they shouldn't have played politics with it. You can head to my Twitter account and follow the link. And, I, and before I go, I want to make sure we mention, uh, I know you finished up your big podcast with the benefit of hindsight, the story of uh, Joe Paterno and Penn State. I know you worked really hard on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's probably really satisfying to have that finally out there in fil- finished form, I would assume, uh, John. It's been a heck of a ride. Ten years. We're almost at the 10 year anniversary. 19 episodes. It's an epic uh, podcast. The people that have listened to it and thousands and thousands have believe it's the greatest thing they've ever listened and the most amazing story that's never been told. Uh, You don't have to care about Penn State or Joe Paterno to care about this story because it tells you everything you ever needed to know about just how incredibly broken the news media is and our and our entire judicial system can be under the worst of circumstances. It's called With the Benefit of Hindsight. And I thank you very much for your kind words on that, Stu. Yeah, make sure to check out wherever you get your podcast. John, always a pleasure. Thanks, Stu. You might remember back in the day when $1.9 trillion seemed like an awful lot of money. That was the amount that Joe Biden got through in the reconciliation process earlier this year for his COVID relief bill, which had very little to do with COVID relief, of course. Now, $1.9 trillion in a bill that only needed 50 votes. We then knew that there were two more steps steps to this process. Step number one was to try to find a bipartisan bill that some Republicans would vote for that would be around a trillion dollars for infrastructure, uh, the basics, you know, roads and bridges and things of that nature. Uh, That there was a deal made on that, though that has not passed yet. But as they said at the time, this would be dependent on another much larger bill it was a bill uh, believed to be somewhere between three and six trillion dollars. Bernie Sanders wanted six. Some other uh, more moderate Democrats were saying they wanted three. Well, they've come now to a with a plan that looks like it's going to be three point five trillion dollars. Uh, this is going to be a bill that they can pass without any Republican support. They need to get every single Democrat, though to get this done. So $3.5 trillion, we don't know really what's in it yet, which is part of the problem here, right? Like, what do you mean you need $3.5 trillion? What's in it? Like, you don't ask for a number. You ask for like, I need a bridge from this location to this location, how much will it cost? Let's add up all the things we think we need. Not, I need $3.5 trillion to spend. That's just you wanting to spend money. If you have something you actually need, Bring the bring the bring the ad from the uh, from the circular that has all the bridges listed and you tell us which ones you need and we'll decide whether you need them or not. That's how this is supposed to work. It's not supposed to be, hey, give us four, five, six, seven trillion dollars and then we'll fill in the blanks. We'll eventually spend enough to get to that upper limit. That seems to be what they're doing. It's an embarrassment, but it's exactly what you expected. Back in a second. A quick reminder to head over to your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to this stupid little show. It's the same great product you might be watching on YouTube or Blaze TV, but you don't have to crash your car into a tree while playing on your phone. And that's just it's just safety. Safety first here on Studios America. Head to studiosamerica.com. Find the links to all the platforms to get our show. We appreciate it so much. 
I'm joined once again by Jason Buttrell. He is the head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn's show has a brand new special tonight. Glenn's back from vacation, airing directly after this one at 9 p.m. Eastern. I may be even be making an appearance on it myself. Uh, deadly negligence, exposing the real origins and cover up of the COVID-19 pandemic. Jason, what am I in for tonight? <laughs> Three chalkboards. Mm -hmm. um, we've got uncovered video, which is uh, pretty amazing. Mm. And one stormtrooper dressed in bio level four <laughs> hazmat suit. Uh, uh, yeah, you may want to hang out for the act, for that show <laughs> if you if you dare. Um, let's get into the COVID thing here for a second, because you know you guys have some new information. Uh, you know, as you point out, some new video stuff we've never seen before. Uh, it is. It's interesting to see how far this has come, how fast. I mean, it really was. You get thrown off of Twitter. You get blocked from the Internet if you said that COVID-19 might be a lab leak uh, at its origin point. And now, I mean, I wouldn't say that every scientist agrees with it, but like people are pretty open to it. Even Anthony Fauci says he's open to it. Even 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 liberal comedians are starting to come around. You know, we've seen Jon Stewart. We've seen Bill Maher. Um, yeah. You know, it's, there's a poll coming out this week. I don't think the full results are out yet, but there's a poll coming out this week that says, I think about 52% of the uh, country now believes, they're, they're unified mm -hmm. in believing that this was a lab leak. Now consider that for a second. We can't come together in consensus on anything in this country. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's not a huge partisan split. I mean, Democrats too are kind of like, Majority yeah, think, of Democrats. Yeah, which is crazy. You, don't, yeah. you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. But I mean, real, is it really insane when you look at, <laughs> there's a common sense approach to this, right? You look at a map, and we're going to show you this map tonight. You look at a map of where they say there's the epicenter of, uh, you know, this, uh, of this pandemic. And, you know, it's definitely in the area because everything was coming out of Wuhan. Well, if you look at where one of the world's largest collection of coronaviruses is, where they do dangerous gain of function research and gain of function is basically when you take a virus and you manipulate it in the lab to make to see if it can jump to humans, make it more contagious and transmissible. Yeah. And that sounds like a terrible idea. The idea is, though, you'll know what to defeat. You'll know exactly. how to design a vaccine or you know how to design uh, a treatment to fight it. Exactly. Now, if you're a responsible scientist, this can be a great thing, mm -hmm. I believe. That's that's key, though, if you're a responsible scientist. But this lab where these scientists were doing this was 277 meters away from the epicenter. OK, so it sounds like a problem. Number one. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, so when you if, let's say you're, you're let's say John Stewart and, and you're Bill Maher, you're like these are smart guys. Yeah. Right. We don't agree with them politically on everything, probably much of anything at all. But um, they're smart guys. Now, when you try to fish them or, you know, and, and force them into thinking there's no there there and you look at this map. And you're like, wait a minute, they're doing this research at this lab and the virus breaks out on its back door. And now you're telling me not to look at the lab leak theory, that it's total bullcrap. I'm sorry, there's a problem here. There's, yeah. a, there's not only a problem with what you're saying, but why you're saying it. So tonight, we're actually gonna look at well, what is the dog that, uh, and, that they might have in this fight? Hmm. Is there, are there skeletons in their closet that I'm not saying makes them culpable, but might look bad if the lab leak theory is you know proven correct i don't yeah. know if it ever will be but if it does and it's one of those things that people i think at times and this is our media who who does this a lot is they you make science this thing that cannot be criticized right and it makes scientists seem like they're these superheroes when in reality they're just human beings and and you look at like i think you guys talk about this tonight that there have been previous leaks 
of serious coronaviruses in the past when they've been doing research? Uh, two that we know of, mm. um, a lab out of Beijing. Uh, this does happen in China. Mm. Um, their biosafety level standards are not up to par, which you participated <laughs> yes, in tonight. I, I had to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the thing about the scientists is interesting uh, to go really deep into it. I mean, it's something that started under uh, one of yours and Glenn's favorite people, Woodrow Wilson. Mm. Um, and it really did start around there in the progressive era where Congress fully and freely gave the reins to government to experts and scientists and said, you take policy and you know, decisions from here. You got it. You know better than we do. So it's, it's on you guys. So now they tell us again, uh, trust the scientists. The scientists know, trust them, trust them. Which scientists should we trust now? Because now they're kind of split. Mm -hmm. From what I was seeing, you know, doing research on this, it's almost like a 50-50 split. You got some scientists saying, uh, no, this was natural. Uh, this, you know, this is, it was a natural occurrence. That's what's going on. You have another half that are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa we need to uh, investigate this more because there's a little, uh, there's a mystery thing in the virus that we can't really explain. Yeah. Well, that goes to some of the video we're going to show you tonight. Oh, it's very explainable. And one of the huge characters in this, and I'll just give this for your audience first, um, yeah, Peter Daszak was saying this out in the open as far back as 2016. Mm. Uh, almost a quote, my colleagues in China were manipulating these viruses to see if they could be transmissible to humans. And, and yet they still seem to de deny it. I, I, don't I don't know really how. know why they're doing that, because I think you're right. It is a defensible thing to do. I mean, I think gain of function research in theory can have some real upsides. And if you do it in the right circumstances with the right people who are really super careful, and I think bio level four only type of situations, uh, maybe you could get away with it. But you know, I think we've seen over and over again so far, uh, certainly China is not prepared to do it correctly. And I don't even yeah. know if we are. Yes, um, and this goes right to the point of, I think the main scandal of this. Um, you entrust this with responsible doctors. Um, something like this, and let's just say, you know, a virus is probably the most deadly, uh, op has the opportunity to be the mm -hmm. most deadly weapon on the planet, mm -hmm. to wipe us all out. More powerful than a nuclear weapon. Um, that was entrusted to the Chinese Communist Party. Um, you know, why do people build things in China? Uh, why does Apple, why does Nike, why do they do it? Uh, it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, they don't care about those, you know, that little measly thing like human rights. Mm -hmm. They can do whatever the heck they want to do with them. They can put them in a sweatshop and pay them two cents, you mm -hmm. know, every three hours mm -hmm. or whatever. Can't do that here, but you can do that there. And they have over a billion people to flood in there so they can mass produce. You got a problem with regulations here? No problem. Go to China. They don't have the regulations. That's why people do business in China. It's cheap. Mm -hmm. They don't have to worry about regulations. I think the exact same thing happened with uh, with the coronavirus. Yeah, they, they were, you know, the bio-level thing is interesting um, because bio-level two is basically like a dentist, you know, like a dentist. Like you have a lab coat on, maybe you have some glasses on, but really it's not a high-level security. And what they talk about is when they do, they like bio-level four for security, um, which is, you know, you, you picture those people, like you're putting your arms through like the sleeves into a, like you're not even, your arm, you can't even get in the same building with the thing, but you can, you can manipulate it from outside. It's like super high-level security. Well, scientists don't like working in those conditions because, of course, it's hard. It's arduous work. It takes hours to do anything, um, and they get they get bored by it. They they realize, you know, what are the odds of this thing being some contagious, you know, super virus that's going to wipe out the planet? It only takes a very short time uh, to get one of these things. You know, one mistake uh, it affects you. You walk out. You go to dinner that night. And all of a sudden, you know, here we are. And this is this it's very like looking at it from a 
you know, we analyze news all the time. That's what we do. Looking at it from that perspective, I'm totally sold on the lab leak theory. I do feel, though, and tell me if you have had this feeling at home, that, like, I'm not a scientist. I can't, I can get a basic understanding of genetic code of a virus, right? But I can't, I don't, it's not my expert, my level of expertise. It's like, you know, me saying, like, they should just throw it deep on every play because that guy looks like he's faster than the cornerbacks. And it's like, well, you do that on every play and the other team adjusts and there's so much more to know as a head coach of the NFL of an NFL franchise. Is there just a possibility that this this storyline just appeals to us? It it boosts my priors of hating the Chinese government. Uh, and, it, you know, maybe it's it's too good to be true. Um, I don't think so. The way I've looked at this and the way I've seen the, you know, the medical elites of the world, you know, prove, try to prove their case on um, on why they let's just say why why they feel it's naturally made uh, versus you know the lab leak. So I don't think it's too good to be true because it, it, it really pisses me off from what they're saying and for, from what I'm seeing. Let me give an example. So um, a lot of these doctors will say, "Hey, um, no, we know without a shadow of a doubt that it's naturally you know made. It you know so it, it was not uh, scientifically engineered because it looks like it was it, you know it came from an animal and jumped." And then you ask them, well, why couldn't it have jumped from, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, an animal to a human within the lab, and then it leaked from the lab? Mm-hmm. Oh no, we know that could. Why? They they never tell you that. They just say, no, we think it's naturally made. Well, they don't even address that part of it. So we are going to show another research, uh, you know, report that was published from Ch- uh, doctors in China and some of them in Wuhan. They were doing these experiments on mice. Now, these, you might have heard about this. These mice, uh, they had genetically uh, modified so that they had humanized lungs. And what they were doing was they were taking the coronavirus, they were putting them in these mice and just seeing what would happen. They got like humanized lungs. Let's see if it, you know, if, you know, how it affects them. Maybe it becomes more transmissible from there. Um, that's called gain of function mm-hmm. also, by the way. Well, they didn't technically modify the virus. They modified the mice, put mm-hmm. the virus into the mice, and then from what happened then on, who the heck knows? But then the way they get around that is saying, no, it was naturally made. Well, yeah, it naturally evolved in these genetically modified mice in the Wuhan laboratory. Mm-hmm. They never will go to that. And we've asked um, multiple people, they will not go there. Why? I, I think because most of them have a dog in this fight. Most of them, ever since the moratorium that Obama did, uh, put on uh, gain-of-function research uh, back in 2014, um, they somehow got the NIH to approve this to continue in China. And the entire uh, medical elite in the world was all in on it. They were all singing the praises of the bat lady, Dr. Xi, who was doing this. They're all in on it. They all have dirty fingers, I think, on this. Because if this ever does come out, yes, this was a lab leak, then they all have to answer for it because they were all involved in some way. And we've seen in the emails, too, I thought was interesting in that they, when they're putting together this letter that's going to come out and blow away and say, hey, uh, this is definitely natural. You know, I think it was Dasik. Um, who was, they were, or, or was it Barrick, one of the two, I can't remember. In the Lancet? Yeah, yeah the Lancet. Dasic. The Dasic. So they come out, and they're, they're putting this together, and they say, wait a minute, uh, let's not put our names on it, because we don't want to make it look like it's being self-serving. Well, wh- why would it be self-serving if you're innocent? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it seems as if they realize this could be, it could be really them. Maybe they know it's them, but they, they realized it was possible that it was a lab leak situation. They knew the paper trail of, of this gain of function stuff was going to come back to them. And they're terrified. They try to get out ahead of it. Yeah. Um, Plausible. 
That's yeah, and it's interesting. The uh, the person that said this would that would be uh, uh, self serving was Dr. Barrick, mm. I believe. Um, and Peter Daszak uh, was later kicked off that uh, letter because the Lancet said there's a there's clearly a conflict of interest mm. here. You can't be one of the main advocates for this lab and funneling money into this lab and then tell the entire world that, no, no, no nothing happened. Right. There's nothing wrong with the lab. Right. They're not culpable in any way. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> That's not science. Right? No. Uh, well, there's a lot of science you're going to learn about and, and an incredible um, demonstration of bio level four yes. uh, protections. You'll see that tonight on Blaze TV. Jason Buttrell, a new Glenn Beck special airs tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's a deadly negligence exposing the real origins and cover up of the COVID-19 pandemic. You don't want to miss this one. Jason, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So before we go, Apple's weather app will not say it's 69 degrees. <laughs> Now, there's a couple explanations for this. Part of it is like the Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion, which is incredibly boring. And I'm not going to tell you about it. The other one is that they don't want anyone to make 69 jokes on the weather, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I, well, I will say I do support this move by Apple. And I think we should go a step further. I think we should block the calculator app from displaying the number 58,008. Because you know what happens when you turn that upside down? You don't want me to do it, do you? Don't do it at home. That's fat. Don't you dare do that at home tonight. 58,008. I feel like I'm back in 